Hey, I'm Sean Sellers, and this is Midnight at the Crossroads, and I'm with the one and only Mr. Jake Bell. How you doing today, man? Hey, I'm doing great. All right. We're going to have a show for you today, and we're just going to basically wing it, which in the past, when we've winged it, we've had decent shows, but we're getting back in the swing of things, so I figured we'd just, we'd just go with it, man. How's your weekend been so far? It's been all right. It's been all right. I had a, a very interesting day yesterday. There was a lot had- of stuff. Really? What went on with you, man? Can you talk about it or something you don't want to talk about? Oh, yeah, I can talk about it. Just, <laughs> uh, you know, just went out to eat with uh, my wife and her friend. And, uh, Amanda, you know her. Yeah. And uh, we went to the Short North Market up here in Columbus, in Ohio. Got some stuff. Well, that's <laughs> interesting. I didn't mean, like... So, no. <laughs> so, so in Ohio right now, what is it like with the COVID and everything else? Are people still wearing masks? Are they still worried about it? What's the deal with that? <laughs> I was like one of three people wearing a mask in that really cl- crowded place. <laughs> I mean, we're, I'm in Columbus, so I'm yeah. in the, the college city, basically. It's where OSU is. It's also the capital. So um, to explain Columbus... The, the city, in the city itself, it's ultra-liberal. Yeah. This itself has the largest gay pride parade in the country. To explain Columbus, now, the uh, suburbs of Columbus are ultra-conservative. So somehow, that makes the whole crap show work. I don't know how, but <laughs> it, Troy, I'll put it that way. Yeah, it just works out that way, huh? It so, just... so you know, the vaccination thing is continue to becoming a big, a more and more of a growing topic. And you know, I, I, I've said I've hadn't gotten the vaccine. I, I'm, I'm kind of t- terrified of it, but I've had a, uh, yeah. But yeah. you know, this is kind of interesting, and I, and I hadn't talked to a lot of different people, but there was a. There's actually a youth pastor's wife in the town that I work in, and she was super healthy. Um, she jogged, she ran, she was 43 years old, in good shape, had no prior health problems, and she went and got vaccinated and started having seizures and passed away soon after. Um, I'm, I'm hearing things coming up more and more about people having side effects, people's had the shot, not hadn't been the same again, and it's 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 really concerning. Well, it's not a vaccine in the terms that you would always know have known. Like, it's not introducing antibodies and allowing your body to build up a natural immunity like, you know, you would have in the past. It's, as I understand it, you know, I'm not coming from a place of authority here. Yeah. Way. But as I understand it, it's altering your RNA to a degree. So it's going to vary widely depending on. Have you have you heard that people that's taking it, and this is something I've 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 read about it coming up that people are claiming, but I hadn't really spoken to anybody that that felt this way. But I've known I've, I know two people right now that's had the shot and had continually felt bad, hadn't been their same, and something's just been off with them. 
But have you seen that people said they feel numb to spirituality and being open? Have you heard that? No, uh, you know, I haven't. Um, but the people that I know have taken it are kind of like that anyway. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, that's not some something I could could ask anyone that I know that's taken yeah. it. So, I, I mean, I'd have to refer to you on that. I think we, that's what, let's do this for, our, just do it for our next show. Let's ask some of the people in our, in my area down here in Alabama, you ask some of the people in your area and just see what they say, the ones that has actually taken the shot and just see what their opinion is. Have you taken the shot yet? Me? No, no. Are you, do you plan on doing it? Um, I was considering it once they develop the second round of shots because this is very much going to act like you know, the vaccine isn't a one and done. It was never intended to be a one and done. Yeah. It's very much going to act like um, the flu shots every year, I, I believe, because uh, this is going to mutate, at least for a while. You know, how you, you've got the Delta strain now. You're going to have, you know, what is it, the Epsilon after that? You're going to yes. have that. That's going to happen, too. I mean, it's just how viruses work, man. I mean, and, you know, I believe that, you know, I, my personal belief, I believe this virus was created in the lab, and I think it was created as a bioweapon. I'm on the fence whether it was let out on purpose or let out by accident, but I, I'm personally leaning it was let, left out on purpose, it let out on purpose, because I believe everything that's happening has been planned for a really, really long time. Uh, you think about it, we basically lost our rights and was imprisoned in our home overnight before a blink of an eye, and we completely herded ourselves in the direction they want us to, wanted us to go. And, you know, you think about it, within a month's time, our life was, has been forever changed. So I just believe all of this has been planned for a while, and I think it's a, a setup. But I also believe that no matter what, this is going to continue to mutate, continue to grow and attack us in different ways because it's a virus, but it's also created to be a bioweapon is what I believe me how far-fetched what do you think about it when i'm discussing that with people and you know they they push back a bit or something i i always say you know it doesn't matter at this point too much why but or, you know how it happened really it but it was absolutely taking advantage the situation is absolutely um, we reacted in a way uh, I think we had to at first, but at this point, policies and things that have been put into into place um, are absolutely preposterous. Oh, you know, and I have I have respect for this virus because because um, I know people that's had it, and and from my own personal experience, you know, my son had it this the past Oct in August. I was around him the entire time. I never caught it. I was quarantined. Two of my basketball players had it. Um, I didn't have it. I was quarantined. That was like in November. And in January, I caught it. And um, and I was fine. I had nothing. I just, I had, I, I got tested. I didn't feel good. I was, I was exposed to it. So I got tested. Um, I felt bad. And then actually on a Monday, I was telling my, my, my supervisor, I man, I'm ready to go back to school. I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. He said, well, you got to waste the, you got to wait the two weeks. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with me. And on Tuesday, I woke up, I couldn't breathe and I was in the hospital. 
and I literally almost died from it because I, I it went literally overnight from not having no symptoms. No, I didn't lose no symptoms. I just didn't feel good. I was tired to have a pneumonia from it. And um, and I and I, I basically now has got what they call the COVID lungs. Why I will still cough, and they said it could last. It could it could have went six months, but still to this day, about one time a day, I'll have a coughing spell. And um, so, you know, I have respect for it and I can understand how somebody with weak immune systems and how it could take, completely take them down because it, it, it got me overnight. But I've never in my life been sick like this so quick. It went from like zero to 100 just overnight. I have to be like incredibly careful uh, due to my sickness. I, I'm uh, immunosuppressed. For my medications, IVIG, I take and all that. So I have to be super careful. You know, all these college kids, they've been having parties all the time. Oh, yeah. They don't give a crap. They don't. I mean, no. not at all. At all. Do you, do you think we'll end up having to be quarantined again and they're shutting us down? Or do you think that's basically over with and we're just going to go forward? I think at this point, it would be a mistake. Because you know we've had we've had the preparations like the the big thing that was you know the big thing the whole reason the quarantine had to happen we had to do that was if we didn't and it spread like wildfire our health systems would just be absolutely weren't prepared there's no way we could prepare for it actually. At our hospitals, everything would just be slammed. There's, yeah. I mean, we we couldn't have done, you know, nothing we could have done. Uh, at this point, I think we're about as prepared as could be with our infrastructure. Um, you know, if it gets to a certain point, we might have to, but it, it depends. But if people aren't all out idiots, which you can never bet on people. No. I mean, it's 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 concerning, but it's one of those things now. Just got to wait and see. But I, 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 my personal opinion, I don't think people will give up their rights as quickly as they did the last time. I think everybody was just completely caught off guard. And, you know, me personally, like one of the things I saw, because I, over the years, I never stopped. I actually took advantage of, of it. And I was like, I traveled more because everything was so cheap and, you know, kind of on lockdown. And I, you know, I was in New Orleans for, uh, for Halloween. I was in New Orleans several times. And one of the things that I seen that this pandemic did was a lot of the uh, old time family owned restaurants was forced to close from it and a lot of them are yep. not coming back or hadn't came back and, yeah. and and that's something that i that i think was was extremely sad you know like bales is forever gone in new orleans and there's, there's been a lot of places closed and i'm hoping to see them, them a lot of them coming back but that they wasn't open at the time uh, that's that's really kind of what sucks is it it forced the change that was going to come anyway i think uh, it, it did shut down a lot of mom and pops because like it, how do you how do you budget for that how do you even like a lot of local restaurants even like ones that are 
doing great business. How do you survive that? That's because, re- I mean, restaurants themselves are just on a razor thin profit line. So how do you survive? And, and you know, now you can't get nobody will go back to work. I mean, yeah. nobody will go back to work. There's restaurants begging for people, you know, I mean, to yeah. to come to work and, and nobody will come back to work. And that's. I mean, it's you're literally seeing like a collapse in society. I think a slow burn, and I think I saw there's an there was an article that was coast to coast posted. I think where MIT predicted it back in um, 1972 that society was going to collapse this this century, and I, and I know this could be the the onslaught of it slowly but surely. Well, it, it's it's a necessity. I mean, yeah. it's you know you see the fall of the Roman Empire just. I mean, people make memes about it, you know, <laughs> the whole strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create bad times, bad times create strong men. That's just, that's the meme. Yeah. And, you know, that's true. I mean, it's very true. But, you know, times yeah. are just, with everything out there and everything's going on, it's, you know, I, I catch a lot of flack because I, I completely kind of stay away from the news, stay away from like mainstream. Like the this version of me is completely different than the old version of me. Like if I met the old version of me, I would instantly not like him and completely stay away from him. And and yeah. I mean, I'm just completely closed off. And I believe that's the only way we can really maintain our sanity. Because I know if you watch too much news, watch too much of the social media, you, you can't help but to get angry. You can't help but to get scared. But I think it's best to kind of just stay within your own 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 realm of your family and everything else in, in, during this time period because we have no control of what's going on around us. No, I mean, it's, it's it's only going to make you mad. I mean, it's only going to raise your blood pressure. It's only going to give give you negative energy, basically. What, what do you think during this time period that everybody's been home, nobody's done anything? How do you how do you see it affected people spiritually? It depends entirely on how you use it. Um, some people, it's really made them rethink things to the point where it brought spirituality back into their lives, um, where they've been made to slow down and rethink and um, look at the quieter side, you know. Yeah, and they they hear the quiet voice again. I mean, other people have just slid completely into sloth, laziness. You know, yeah, you've seen it. Yeah, and, and just consumed by sin, almost. You know, we. We've True. lost. We, I didn't want to go there. I mean, but we we are. We we have been. I mean, we. Pornhub is on the uh, on the <laughs> old computer. Yes. But uh, have you seen or did you hear where where you know it? I've had we come up in conversation. I think we might have mentioned it in the last show. But have you thought about maybe like in 2012, which it was such a big deal that that life everything did end, and we're basically in another reality. That's why everything's different now. That would explain some of the Mandela effect. That would explain why we can't do some of the things, same thing we did spiritually. It's just like we went to a new, not only to a new age, but almost to a new realm. Well, I mean, that's what it predicted. Yeah. You know, it really was, it wasn't like some cataclysm. It's going to wipe 
wipe away the earth. It was just a new age, a new new era. That was the end of the calendar, not the end of the world. And every end of that calendar was a new age. Am I wrong? No, you're right. You're absolutely right. But you, you, so, you do you think people have changed from back then to the way we are now? Or, or, is, or you have changed the way you sense stuff and see people? Well, certainly. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely completely different. I don't know if that's just me changing, if that's... You know what I mean? That, that's yeah. the hardest thing to, to tell is, is if it's... Because, you know, every seven years, you're basically a different person. So... Yeah. It's like, are, is it me changing? Because it's so slow, you know, am I not noticing it? Or is it everything around me changing? I guess that's the human question. I mean, what's right? the... yeah? But think about it. You know, way what we believed in and what we dealt with back in the days when we did our investigations and our work and our cases and everything else. That you know, we I've always said when we done the stuff that you got to been open to change, willing to change beliefs as you go along. And, and I've always said it. And I used to say a lot of things, and maybe say one thing, and maybe not always believe in it. Maybe kind of question different things like that. But I can tell you right now that the way I what I believed and what I felt back then is completely different than I, where I am right now and I look back at it it's almost like it was a whole different world whole different type of species of people and, and spiritual realm that we dealt with mm-hmm. I mean I know it sounds I know it's out there but if, you know to, let's go back to some of our old cases you know we go back to the case with um, we dealt with the shackats and the things we would communicate with, what what we encountered on our investigations, some of the cleansing stuff. Um, I don't think you would. It, it it's not the same world that we're working in now. It's completely changed. Right, and that and I'm posing that same question. It's like, is it is it really that that world is gone, or is it really that we're that much different? That we and just that, don't exist in that world. That's that's a that's a great point, and that, that's very possible. That that is. Very, do you see what I mean? Yeah, I do, and that that makes sense. It does. What you know? There's still paranormal teams out there. There's still people out investigating and doing the research, and there's still TV shows. Oh yeah. But but do you think they're still? You think? Do you do you think they're still encountering the same type of phenomena? Than, than what we did or do you think it's different it definitely seems different it? <laughs> it does uh, well I mean when you're talking about the TV shows I mean I, I, dude <laughs> a lot of it's yeah. fake anyway but yeah uh, as far as the paranormal teams man I'd love to to get somebody on one of them and be like what's going on you know yeah. I'm so out of the loop. What are you guys even doing? See, you know? see, I am, I am too. You know, I, I've thought about. You know, I've been invited to go on a couple investigations with some other teams, and but I, I just don't know if I still have that in me because I see things so much differently. You know, I mean, I would want to go research it and look into it, but actually, the investigation, it don't feel as much as a necessity as it used to, because I don't need to. I don't, we're never going to prove the existence. I don't need 
be convinced of the existence is basically kind of my stance on it. Does that make any sense or does it kind of sound kind of douchey? No, I mean, that's kind of where I've, where I've been. So it's just, I'm, I've finally grown okay with not knowing the answer. But, you know, yeah. And you know, that's basically what the journey is and being in a paranormal phase. You're not going to find your answer um, as far as, you know, is there life after death, whatever. It's it's learning to be okay with not knowing the answer. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's something that never changed, like, over the years. When I say right now, you know, I don't really believe in ghosts. Like, I don't believe that there's a kid in a, in a house in an 1822 mansion that was left behind. I don't believe that kid's still there. You know, no. I think... I, I, I just don't believe in ghosts anymore, but I do believe in these spiritual mimics, these these gin, if you want to call it, or whatever they are, where they mimic certain stuff. They take our thoughts, they shape from those thoughts, and they have they interact with activity that way. I, but I do absolutely one hundred percent believe that your love your loved ones are always a thought away, and that's not a haunting. They're just there. They're, they're they come see you. They're around you at all times, and that's mm-hmm. not really. A haunting to me that's almost like a blessing that they're, they're still with you but yeah. but but what people are coming across and investigating on this plane is completely different and and i and i just and i think i got convinced of that way before i ever admitted it during the years of us really in there doing the work put having boots on the ground and everything else and now with the i can't focus my attention on anything unseen because the enemy is seen right now with what's happening with with the with the pedophilia rings and actually the, the the satanic cults out there that people don't want to admit but they're out there and they've been here for a while and i know i, I would absolutely agree with you is that it's all seen right now so why do you have to go hunt ghosts i know you know, you know, Jake. I, I think about everything we've done in the past, and all the all the different teams we worked with, and the people we worked with all over the United States. And and I used to say, oh, I don't believe there's no such thing as coincidences. And I really think a lot of times we was basically in the arms of the enemy. We didn't even realize it. We was right there. You know, we laugh about being at Ninja Road. We had no idea that was the location of of a of a murder of some Satanists there that had a house back there that Quartzwood manor we had no idea we was in that we was there on that land we had no idea of the of what we was dealing with we have always been right there in the den of it and we never realized it oh i didn't what's funny is i was actually planning on bringing that up it's just how weird that was and you left me with them thank you <laughs> well you know this is this is a strange thing you know I'm going to set this whole story up a little bit. We can talk about it if you want to. Yeah. You know, well, we, we was I was hanging out in Atlanta with with a with with a, with a lady that was involved in the paranormal and everything else, and we would get into the Atlanta child murder cases. And we would start talking about um, about uh, the pedophilia rings even back then, and about how they was using these kids for snuff films, um, um, using them using sacrifice with regards to protecting drug shipments and everything. We've gotten those discussions and everything else. And we we left and we got invited to come to a party, which with the whole time at that party, you and I and Alex Shea that was with us, that we was completely turds in the punch bowl. There was no way we should have been there. We didn't fit in. No. I mean, it was like we was there. And then we met some some individuals who 
who we was introduced to, and then instantly they started talking to us about cults and about yeah. satanic cults. And then we was actually invited to come back at another occasion, and they would take us to a place. And at that time, I didn't know the story. I didn't know anything about it, but it was um, where these men um, built a home. They uh, they had a plethora of mind-altering drugs. They were Satanists, and they would end up being murdered. And they used to do occult rituals and stuff out there, and that house was in the middle of the woods. And they wanted to show us, but they wouldn't show us in the daytime. They would only show us at night. And during right. that time, I was absolutely so ignorant to everything and our, our cocky or our felt invincible that I was like, absolutely, let's do it. So me, me, Jake, uh, Hump and um, Greg set it up and we went there to that part of Georgia, got us a hotel room, met them and went to that location that night. And things instantly got weird. You want to add anything or set it up anything from this point on? Do you remember why they called it Ninja Road? I didn't. I don't. Because of all the uh, black masses and shadow men they saw, that's they referred right. to them as ninjas. So that's, that's why right. they called it Ninja Road. That's right. And then we got they there. They were that dorky. <laughs> but, but, you know, they, they looked harmless to us. We didn't think anything about it. And when they showed us their weapons and their large swords, we just showed them our guns and then they instantly knew that we wouldn't mind using it and I think that was different (laughs) (laughs) that everybody was armed (laughs) but but think about this I mean they thought they was dealing with another I don't know what I don't know what they had intention I don't know what they had in mind we met them we was on a dirt road it wasn't even a road that's one of the things that stood out is that it wasn't even a road and let me just just kind of pop in here um when you say swords, it was the the ones you buy off the internet um, <laughs> at that time. I think it was the cattle. You get them in the catalog. It was pre-Cold Steel, so it wasn't Cold Steel. It was whatever came before Cold Steel, and it was the one that they called the Ninja Blade, and it was just a full tang thing with like some cord wrapped around the end. It was awful. It was just a long knife, <laughs> and you know the 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 leader of them or the main one setting it up was a young man who was um, who had a lot of health problems. He was I, I don't yes. know what was wrong. He was with very him, but, sick, but he was very sick and he had a short time. But he was actually the almost the leader of them, and it was three of them with yeah, him. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But wasn't he, one of them like like the like? Sorry, but very fat. Yes, yes, very much so. Okay. Do you remember the, uh, I, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember this like it was yesterday. There were some comments made about, about uh, we was jokingly about, um, are you going to get us in these woods and try to kill us? Do you remember us kind yes. of bantering about that? And then oh, Hump, yes. And, and then the sick guy says, I'm going to stay behind on this road. And Hump said, no, you're not, because you're the first one I'm going to kill before I have to kill anybody else. Do you remember yeah. him telling you yeah. that? <laughs> and, he, and, and, he went, and he didn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I love when Hump would do that. <laughs> but we made him go. You remember, we made that guy go with us in those woods. And Hump, I mean, it was almost. Oh, yeah. You know, it was I, bad. I thought about this the entire time. I don't think Hump was playing. Hump had full no. intentions. Like, I'm going to kill this guy first if we had if something happened. Let me tell you guys, we knew, we was, I knew at that instance that those individuals, 
as as weak and as overweight as un unthreatening as they looked is that we was probably in the most danger we've ever been in that field of work at that time period is I think they had full intention to get cause harm I really think that that's entirely possible I mean I think I think it was a power move for you guys to leave me behind with them yes because you knew that if they tried anything they would want to they would assume I was the weak one. Yes. The, and even we never we went about a mile in the woods toward the house, and then they stopped before we ever got to that house and said they just remember we ended it because it was it was lightly yeah. raining, and and it's almost like they didn't want to take us there. Yeah. I, that's why I still feel like that we was fixing to walk into almost like some type of of occult. Ritual, something was going on. We six men introduced to something, and we either had a choice to, to accept it or be in danger. I really thought that we was there was more to it because over the years, as I thought about it, and I've thought about it a lot, is that as desolate of an area it was, we've had several cars stop by to see us. It's almost like they was heading into a location. It was like three different individuals stopped by. Do you remember that? The two girls, then it was a guy, and it was almost like that they was leading us one way. They was all heading in the other direction and was going to be waiting on us there for some type of ritual. And as I say this, and as crazy as it was, it wouldn't have been the first time. We was invited on we was invited on an investigation, and when we got there, they um they told us this was wasn't one. We we're a coven, and we wanted to show you our powers, and we was going to do some do some work, and we wanted you to sit here in our circle and watch our power. So, th- so it wasn't. Would, it wouldn't have been the first time that we was introduced and, and, and seen this, and and I and I really think that that we was on the verge of something. And remember, that was the last night we we've had anything ever to do with them. We we never heard from them again, and that young guy soon soon died later. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but what what have one? What the thing is is what were the purposes of us being there? I don't know. It's so odd. It's either... It kind of splits down the middle for me. Either you're right, or they're the dorkiest people you've ever met in your entire life. Yes. And see, that's what I want to believe. And But but then, I've literally at night sat back and thought about these stories and thought about our experiences. And then I was like, well, there's no such thing as coincidences. Well, you got invited to investigate an active murder scene with the lead candidate of a of an actual cult. Yeah. With the lead suspect there with you to see if we could pick up on him murdering that person. And we was right there with him. I mean, that happened. Yeah. And we left there and went directly to the police station. Yes. Like, they, they literally wanted to know if we could pick up on that. We, we went, I mean, we have been put in these situations where where we were investigated a case of two, two two young ladies murdered, we they wanted us to look into it, play around with it. We did. We started finding connections. We started getting in locations, and then we found out. Well, why do you put an altar here with um with this here, this here? When it's, it basically causes confusion. And there, this is not a memorial. This is an altar where these young ladies were found murdered. There's more to it. Cult. They tested yep. us. So, so they've, over the years, I'm completely convinced we were being watched and basically toyed with the entire time. And it's well known that through those areas that we were invited to, what happens? 
Well, you have drug trafficking, human trafficking, and you have sacrifices and missing people. Yes, through all of those areas you just mentioned. Yes. We, we have always been right there on the cusp of it. And we didn't realize it. We was th- we was thought we was fighting an unseen enemy, and the enemy was always right there. And a lot of times, what we encountered, I believe, was probably conjured and brought there for us to to de- to deal with it. And I really yeah. believe that 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 what we dealt with in battle was stuff that they would bring forth, and, and we would you waste our energy getting rid of it, and we would never. It, we was constantly toyed with is almost is that they kept us busy on the left while they did all the work on the right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I and, mean, and I, I mean, I spent a lot of time over the years of these I have over the year, but of these past few past four years reflecting, and, and these things has come up time and time again. And I know as we do these shows more and more, we'll get more in depth with it. And I think we're getting more in our rhythm again, and getting comfortable. We can really take it down some weird areas and and kind of. I guess what you call like wormholes of, of, of the craziness and stuff we've come across over the years. Yeah, I guess we had to stop there with that because then we have to get into something else. Yeah, yeah but before we go on our show, I had something um, come up and, and that, that listened to our show and they wanted us to kind of introduce ourselves and share a little bit about us, how we you met, had, you and had how we got started. Come up? Not no, 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 I, I, <laughs> no, no. I had someone listen to the show and they and they enjoyed it actually. But then, yeah, I know you and I didn't think it was it wasn't a very good show. But they want us to kind of introduce ourselves and explain our background and how we started working together because not everybody know, oh. know you know how we were. And that was a great point. Uh, how about we do that for each other? Yeah, let's do that. So okay. let me tell let me tell about you. Yeah, um, I can go. I can do you first. All right, go ahead. Uh oh. That sounds better. That sounds better. Oh, God. That sounded awful. It sounded horrible. Go ahead. It did sound awful. Okay. Uh, What do you... Just say your name. You know, my name is Sean Sellers. Okay. Um, You were raised in Montgomery, Alabama. uh, And uh, mostly by your grandmother. And uh, she taught you... A lot of the, let's say, tricks of the trade. Yes. She operated as a worker in the community. When I say worker, uh, say root worker. That's probably the best way to describe her. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I would. I do absolutely. Okay. I couldn't think of a better description. Yeah. Um, she was known for that. You know, aside from regular jobs and such like that. Um, and she passed on a lot of that to you, whether you liked it or not. Most of the times you didn't. And it's just been something that's always been prevalent in your life, even though you didn't really like it most of the time. And uh, you and your friends would sneak out and go ghost hunting like most kids. I think. I think a lot of kids do that, you know? Yeah. Uh, eventually, you're going to sneak into a graveyard and see what's up or go check out a local legend. I crab every bridge here and there. Yeah. I think a lot of states have those. And uh, through those exploits, you came to found SPR where you met me. A lot of the others we talked about. 
grew up with David Humphrey and a lot of others that we talk about. Uh, see what else should I mention? Uh, that's good. I think that's good. We. It's a good what? one. Yeah, I, I can go from there. All right, go ahead and say your name. Jake Bell. All right, let's see how well I do with this. You know, um, okay. he he was born and raised in Enterprise, Alabama. He was always had an interest in the unknown. He uh, he was interested in music, played music, arts. His family. Um, I think his family had more of a spiritual side and a connection side than a lot of times than he even realized until he probably got older. So the old Southern folk tales, folklore's experience was passed down through that family and it, and it influenced you. And you, I don't think it, you really realized it as much until you really got older. And as you um, got older, you went to school in Atlanta. You had experiences there where just ex- life experiences. You always had an interest in the unknown, in the the paranormal realm and something led you to this field that we that we worked in for so many years. Um, you decided to come to a meet and greet when when it before it was SPR, it was actually Southern Paranormal Investigation Team Spit, <laughs> and and uh, and we, we met we met at a coffee house. Um, we I guess you and I, and Jeremy, we kind of instantly all hit it off. I think that following weekend, that next weekend, you actually went to New Orleans with us on a case and yes, some I investigations. Did. And then oh, I think, God. and I think your life was forever changed. I think you yes. know, and, and I think you knew that you was fixing to be involved with a long ride and and um, and going to have a lot, a lot of crazy, of laughs. a lot of laughs, laughs, a lot of crazy experiences. But um, I can tell you that Jake, over the years doing the work, we we did a lot of good. We we worked a lot of things. We had a lot of experiences. Uh, we've had good times, bad times. We had arguments, but I think we truly made a difference, and we learned a lot. And I think over the years, the cases that I worked, Jake kept me out of trouble more times than not. And I think that his strength in the cases and what we worked is did, does, did not get enough credit in everything we did. I think that I couldn't have done everything that I did, Hump and I, without Jake there. Jake was a strength. He was a, he was always the common voice, and he would always get us to think outside the box. Um, I think that this was Jake's calling the entire time, and I think it's always has been. And um, I don't think our work's done. I just think we have to do our work in different levels. And I can tell you over the years, I wouldn't have trade one thing uh, working with you over the past and I love you brother and it was fun and I can't wait to continue to do more shows and I want us to, to think as we talk about our team over the years you know we, we've lost a lot of our team members yeah is, is there anything you want to add to that that I said about you <laughs> no that's great thank you uh, but I, I, would, I do want to say that you know I want us to do, do a show we'll talk about some of our past members I mean I can yeah. tell you, you know, the loss of James Kirkley. Well, we can we can go on days talking about the first time I took him on an, on a case, and I took yeah. him on a on a real case with a with a Catholic priest, Catholic Church approved, and he had no idea what he was getting into, and he was hooked. He since passed away. Um, Doctor Perry, Chris, or what? What was his uh, JC? Uh, yes, you know, JC. He since passed away, and I, you know, I'll never forget that one night when you called him the P word, and you were <laughs> absolutely horrified. <laughs> and then, oh, and then, then we worked, we worked an extremely dark case. And then speaking we of James Kirkley, <laughs> and then also Jeb, you know, we had a, you know, 
Cheb was a big influence. Beth Ann, I know we're going to have a lot to talk about her. So I want us to do some shows in the coming future where we talk about some of our past members and everything else and man. kind of get into different stuff, man. But you keep bringing up people that I can't, man, I, wow. It's crazy right. how many they're gone. Yeah, I mean, right. and, 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 you know, it's, and they, and they was right there on the battleground with us, you know, and, um, and, yeah. and they and they was a big part of our story and what we did, and um, I can't. I, we really need to do some shows and talk about them because we each person could be their own show. I mean, I can tell, think of a ton of stories for for Chris, ton of stories for James, even uh, Jeb, and then especially Bethann as well. So let's 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 maybe kind of our next show if we don't have a guest on, I'll bring Deborah on as a guest. Maybe we can talk about that on the show, and that'd be fun. Yeah. But we got a lot of things to talk about and everything else. But before we start winding down, I want to invite everybody to please check out Alabama Alliance. It's David Humphrey's organization where I'm the education director fighting on human trafficking. Check out Life Talk, Life Talk Radio, his show as well. Um, Jake, you want to add anything? Give any props? Um, no, just thank you for thinking of me in this show. And I appreciate being here. I appreciate right. anybody listening. We'll keep on hammering away, brother. Love you. We'll get ready to do another show soon. Have a good one. All right. You too. All right, man. Bye. Bye.